Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. A very special Veterans Day edition, Friday. Happy Friday to you all. We do want to play for you. A conversation with one of our all-time favorites. I mean, this man talked to us during the pandemic. He talked to us post-pandemic, if that's if we can call it that right now. So we want to play for you now a very special conversation we had with WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. We are now joined by a friend of the show, one of my favorites, WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. Drew, how are you? Excellent, buddy. How are you keeping? I'm good. I'm good. Very excited about this weekend. I actually will not be there. I will be at the Performance Center for TakeOver. Weird situation where TakeOver is on a Sunday, SummerSlam on a Saturday. First, want to begin there, Drew. For SummerSlam to be at Allegiant Stadium, I've toured this place. I saw a game there last year with no fans. From what I hear, it's one of the most amazing stadiums, $2 billion dollars. Uh, in Las Vegas. How excited are you? Again, you've, you've been touring, but a stadium show, SummerSlam, how excited are you for this weekend? I'm buzzing out of my mind. I can't <laughs> wait. The past month, having our fans back has been unbelievable. Every single show we have did, be it televised or non-televised, the fans have been rowdy and loud from the start of the show to the end of the show. It's taken our show quality up dramatically it's taken our performances up dramatically adding that extra adrenaline to all the superstars and i can't imagine like over forty thousand people this saturday in allegiant stadium but it's gonna happen i leave tonight to head to vegas i'll be there all week doing a bunch of media stuff getting excited the whole time and can't wait to walk out there Drew, what was it like? So I think July 19th in Texas was the first raw they they began touring July 16th, and again, we've we've talked about how much the fans mean, but take me back to that night in particular where you had not been in front of a crowd since March of the previous year. What was that first Raw like? It was incredible. I mean, I don't think I got out there too long in front of the fans that night, um, but I was listening all night, and I believe I came out and uh, broke the chair-swinging record. When I hit Shanky, uh, one of Jinder's henchmen, 34 <laughs> times with a cheer, and I, I blame the crowd. I talked about this afterwards. I was like, listen, in the Thunderdome, I'd have been upset. You know, Jinder cost me the, the last chance to get back to my WWE title and the chance to be WWE champion again in front of live fans for the first time. And I'd have probably punished them, and Shanky would have got hit by a bunch mm-hmm. of times with a chair, maybe 12 to 15. That seemed reasonable. <laughs> and the fans started counting. I was annoyed anyway. My adrenaline was through the roof, and they kept counting until I got to 20 on my second round of chair shots. So, yeah, we got 34 total. 
So that's a world record, you know. <laughs> exactly. Talk about the fight. So talk about the big match. You and Jinder Mahal, two former champions, two of the big superstars. Um, I mean, is is this a match you're looking forward to? Again, two two superstars who had amazing path to become champions. Now you're trying to get back there. Uh, talk about the, the match on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's really cool. If you look at the history of Jinder and I, we've known each other a long time, one of my best friends, and uh, both fired on the same day after being part of the same group, which was positioned as a comedy group where we're there just to be entertaining and make others look good and more enhancement talent. And we're both fired. We both believed we could be so much more, worked out hard, worked on ourselves, improved ourselves in every capacity. Worked on all our negatives. Jinder became WWE champion. I became two-time WWE champion. And now we're facing each other on this year's WrestleMania. SummerSlam is going to be so big. It's going to be bigger than WrestleMania this year. Um, on Saturday, and it's so cool we have that singles match together. But I do plan to beat him really quickly, like I told him <laughs> on Monday, and make a moment at his expense, but at least he'll get to be in the ring with me. <laughs> Drew, what was WrestleMania like? Again, we talked to you before Mania in, ta- in Tampa. It-, it was your first time in front of a crowd, but it wasn't a capacity crowd. Just to be in front of some semblance of fans, and it's WrestleMania in Tampa, that's where you live what was that like? Because, again, you were in front of fans for one night, then you went back to the Thunderdome. To have that back just for one night, what was that night like? It was great. Uh, it was such a tease, having the fans <laughs> back for one, one night and going back to the Thunderdome. But uh, it was amazing. Um, it was obviously a weird situation. Like we, Lashley and I were on first. I was going to be the first superstar walking out there in front of live fans after one year, one month, one day. And then the rain hit, the weather issues. We thought the show wasn't going to happen at one point. We got told after the anthem at the beginning there was going to be a 40 minute delay. And then there was just chaos. But thankfully, our amazing staff, you know, always roll with the punches, always innovate and adapt in any situation. And we started just improvising promos backstage. I was told, Drew, come here. I went, what? I mean, go crash that interview. Listen, not go crash <laughs> that interview. Like, Unlike a regular TV show, this is WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year. The world's watching, and I'm just like storming onto a live interview, getting in Lashley's face. Thank goodness MVP was between us because Lashley and I were so amped up with adrenaline. <laughs> Thinking we were going on 10 minutes prior uh, to WrestleMania, we were ready to fight then and there. And if MVP wasn't between us, there's no nobody would have backed down. We would have ended up fighting for real backstage. That's true. We're both so amped up, and we're going to give them a fight no matter what. But to finally walk out there in front of the live fans to hear the reaction. Now, I'd been in a top good guy position for such a long time. Um, sometimes our fans have short attention spans, much like everybody today, and they don't always want to see the same thing uh, over and over. So a lot of our superstars in the past in that position have the fans turn on them, maybe start booing them. And I was fully ready for that. I was like, you know what? As long as they react, as long as they care, uh, they're going to make their voices be heard. I just want them to make noise. That's all I want to hear. To hear them cheer, still be behind me after all that time, meant the world to me. For Lashley and I to have the match was awesome and then to shock everybody and have Lashley win and really cement himself as another top-level performer. And we need as many top-level performers as we can. You know, that was not ideal. It'd be nice to have a moment, but it was cool to cement another top-level performer in that match in Lashley. Bruce, you said you're uh, flying out to Las Vegas tomorrow. What is it like to be back on the road again? You know, you live in Tampa in Thunderdome being close to home. I mean, you have this unique 
experience for a year plus not that you wanted it but you got to stay home you got to you know not travel uh what is it like now going on the road it's weird um because it was weird to not be on the road initially because i've been on the road my entire life but then because i was only driving to work for so long it became weird to get back on the road it's like starting from scratch i used to think it was easy and my dad would come on the road occasionally when he was visiting from scotland he was like how do you do this now i'm like wow, okay, this isn't as easy as I remember it being. They got to get back into the swing of things, taking planes everywhere and, and cars everywhere. But it's cool to be back on the road and to see the fans in person, um, not just in the shows, obviously, but in real life, like having those conversations again and talking about the thing we love with wrestling. And yeah, I don't get that much time home. I'm leaving tonight. Exactly. I finished this media. Oh, tonight. I finished this media. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never stop. I never stop. I don't want to stop. Either. That's what I told the company. I was like, listen, Drew McIntyre's got a day off. Drew McIntyre's upset because this isn't a job. This is what I've always wanted to do. I got fired that one time. I got perspective. Anytime I get to talk about WWE, talk about Drew McIntyre, it's a good time for me. Uh, Drew, your book came out uh, two months ago, I think, or sometime in May. It, it, it was fantastic. Was that cathartic to write the book? I mean, you you touched on a lot of things that you've gone through, and, and we talked about it. You know, when you lose your job, and it's not a private thing, like everyone's talking about it, you know, you go through a lot in your life. Well, tell me about the process of putting that book together. Were there things hard to talk about that you knew that you um, had to? Yeah. I, they were. Um, it was interesting going through my entire life, basically. Um, you know, once the opportunity came my way, I, I was just very adamant about being open about every aspect of my life, about writing it for everybody, not just wrestling fans. And the main theme, not just being about wrestling, being um, about inspiration, like try to inspire people and encourage them no matter how dark times get. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You've just got to keep pushing forward. And that's what I wanted it to be for everybody and kept it simplistic as possible and explained the wrestling business wherever I could. Uh, but going through my entire life and um, realizing how many people helped me get to where I'm at today and it really made me so appreciative about the people that have always been in my corner, be it my family growing up, uh, my mom, my friends when I got to America, the difficult times I went through, and then inevitably uh, my wife, who made me the man I am today. Um, it was really cool to relive that again. And times were hard, obviously, talking about uh, my mom and when she got sick, which inevitably passed, wasn't easy. But um, reliving it again, and that's something I never dealt with for many years. And my wife eventually kind of helped me deal with that. I held it in. I was very angry about it. And it's good to be open and explain to people it's not healthy to hold things inside. Um, you lacked out in certain ways. It'll eventually explode. It's good to let those emotions out. And it's not easy to do, I know. And I try to just let everybody know, like, trust me, I've been there, I've been through some of these times. If you follow some of these principles, they work for me. So I try to be as open and honest as possible. If I can even help one people, one person out there get through a difficult time or encourage a kid out there, perhaps to chase their dream or an adult to chase their dream. That's what the book's all about. Have you over the past year, you know, just because this has been such a unique time of change for so many people, has there been people who've contacted you, whether they lost their job or they're thinking about a change or... Uh, you've contacted to them because I think your story is so inspirational where, you know, you get let go and then you come back to the same company, you know, like you traveled the world, but you come back to, to, to the same company. And so to realize where you were on that particular day, for example, and then to realize the superstar you've, you've become, I think it's a source of inspiration for people who, whether they lost their job, whether they thinking about doing something new with their lives. I mean, have you reached out to people or have they contacted you? Uh, just just because I think your story is incredible. Thank you. Um, yeah, a few people have been very lucky. 
you know, have taken the time to tell me um, that my story has inspired them to keep fighting. And I've spoke to a few people to try and encourage them over the years. And any opportunity I can get to do that, I'm very grateful for it. Whenever I pop up on the, the cameo, that's generally what people ask me is mm. like, hey, do you mind giving me some words of motivation or my friend here is having a tough time? And, you know, you've been through such a, a wild ups, wild downs. Uh, we think it would help them. And sometimes when I do the virtual meet and greets over the past year, it's interesting how many people forsake their question just so they can say thank you. Mm. And that's crazy to me that people would have a chance to talk and ask any question they want, but they just take the time to say thank you. And I'm very appreciative uh, for the opportunity I've got today uh, my job, but more importantly, the opportunities I get outside to make a difference. Drew, uh, this is like like an odd question, but the sword is such a fascinating, uh, you know, thing that you bring to the ring because it's like a legit yeah. heavy sword. What is it like? Because obviously that's not, um, you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to hurt someone else in terms of, well, as you're walking to the ring. Tell me what it's been like to kind of, and, and were, were you experienced with a sword prior to this? I mean, because you've become very good with it, but what is it like to walk to the ring every night with this massive sword? Interesting. I used to just bring it out and stick it in the stage and leave it there. <laughs> and then people were like, why does he do that? He's never going to bring it to the ring or use it. But uh, sure enough, I bring it to the ring now and I've, I've swung that thing a few times. I broke a table with Lashley. I smashed the chair out Ginger's hand, which could have been very tragic if there was a mistiming issue. <laughs> with it and yeah it's very big it's very heavy uh, but it's a cool visual like, i wasn't too sure about it because it's still outside the box but every time i bring it to the ring be on tv or non-televised the fans react to it every single time and it is a pretty cool visual to see the giant scottish guy with a giant <laughs> scottish sword as well but yeah I'm, I'm curious what the end game is i wonder if i'm gonna eventually swing that thing on somebody <laughs> <laughs> uh drew you have a big match saturday at SummerSlam. your thoughts though on the main event this is such a big match for the company in terms of john cena one of the biggest superstars of all time roman does well uh you know two guys who have done so much uh, for the company and Hikawish and kids. And there's always, you know, as you know, with the fans, you know, should he be good? Should he be bad? No one knows that like those two guys, your thoughts on the, those two guys. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm just going to be a fan like everybody else watching that match. The thing I enjoy the most is kind of watching the interviews. Uh, like last week on SmackDown. Uh, I'm curious what they're going to say because you know, it's made, made very clear. Those are a couple of guys that are going to go out. They're just going to say what they want. <laughs> I just sit back. I watch it. I enjoy it like everybody else and see, you know, how deep they're going to try and cut each other, which, you know, real equals money. And uh, I was feeling what they were doing last week. I'm sure they're going to do it again this week. And I'll be watching like everyone else as a fan for the match. Drew, we can be heard in California. And so you don't have to say California, but I saw some of the clips of you coming out to sh the crowd in Chicago. And Chicago is one of the hotbeds, as, um, as you know. Has there been places you've gone that you've missed or places that you look because now you, you know your schedule through the end of the year? I mean, like, where have you gone that you've missed? Where will you go that you haven't gone to? Again, Chicago, that that I think a fan posted a clip of you coming out and just the crowd and the pyro and like what that means. Uh, tell me where you've gone that, that, that you're like, man, I missed it here. Basically everywhere so far. Yeah. Um, like everyone, every crowd has been so good everywhere I go. Um, from the beginning of the night to the end of the night. And like I mentioned earlier about WrestleMania, about like, oh, maybe they're not going to be feeling dramatic terror anymore. Maybe they'll be different or boo, which is fine again. Uh, but they've been behind me the whole time, which has been wild. I had to come out and still be 
um, received so positively after you know I've been featured so heavily for over a year and a half now and to still have that connection with the audience has meant the world to me you mentioned chicago you know that was a great one but yeah i've loved everyone so far i can't wait to get back uh, to some of the west coast shows and start traveling around again like for the fans have always been awesome but i love the west coast also i get my in and out burger as well which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm excited about that and then getting back in front of the fans like i really it's hard to single out any particular uh, fan base right now because everybody i think from a performer standpoint, we're so grateful to be doing the shows again. I think the fans are just so grateful to be there and they just want to be part of the show so much. We're just loud from start to finish. Last couple of questions with the Drew McIntyre. Drew, if fans want to see you, the cool thing is, again, you're, you're flying out to Las Vegas tonight. There is a meet and greet at the MGM Grand prior to the event. You touched on it, but to actually interact with the fans, it was one thing to do it virtually. It's another thing when they're on the, the board. But meet and greets, I mean, that's something that fans were accustomed to during these really big events where they can see you in person, which is the great thing about you guys touring is, is that there is a connection that you have with your fans. Uh, talk about the meet and greets again. That's coming back. You're getting to see fans, touch fans, talk to fans. Uh, are you looking forward to that, too? Yeah, I can't wait. That's one of my favorite things um, because I'm a big wrestling fan, a big WWE fan who just took it too far. And then I get to talk <laughs> to fellow super fans all the time and talk about the thing we love. I think I drive security crazy during those things. So I'll just talk to everybody forever. Like I'll never shut up. If they've got something interesting to say, or if they just want to talk wrestling, I'll just keep going and going to security family. Goes, that's enough now. We can't talk to everybody <laughs> for, for 30 minutes a person. But yeah, I love those mean greets. Like I say, if you're going along to it, I appreciate you popping along to say hi. And yeah, I'll be talking until they make you move on, basically. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, um, how competitive does it get with Raw and SmackDown? You know, the, the two brands, the red brand, the uh, the blue brand, uh, you're very familiar with, with both. How competitive does it get? Because during these pay-per-view shows, it's one big super show. How competitive are you guys with the Raw and these SmackDown shows? I mean, I'm competitive. I <laughs> believe most of the Raw roster are competitive and the SmackDown roster are competitive. And if they're not, they should be. <laughs> like, uh, I think we should be, um, you know, bringing our best performance on Raw um, to show that we are the A show. I understand we're at different networks and we have the third hour. I don't care for excuses. I expect every single person to be given it all from beginning to end in the ring, on the microphone and prove we are the A show. If you don't see it as competition, then that's on you because I don't want anyone on my roster that's not seen as competition. Uh, you guys are creatures of habit. And I want to tell fans again, again, this pay-per-view is on Saturday night. Again, it's normally on Sunday, Saturday night, get Peacock. Peacock's, I, if you don't know about Peacock, all the like Olympic games are on there. All these shows are on there. Uh, Drew, you're very accustomed to these big pay-per-view shows on a Sunday. Talk about Saturday night in Vegas. You may be a fight fan. I, I think all the big boxing matches back in the day, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, you talk about it. Saturday night in Las Vegas. I've told people there's nothing like a big fight night Saturday night in Las Vegas. Well, what is that going to be like for you? I mean, it's going to be a little weird, right, to, to, to be doing this on Saturday as opposed to Sunday. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, uh, WWE events have been always on a Sunday my entire life. Um, I'm excited it's on a Saturday. And as soon as I heard it was a Saturday, I was like, why are we not always on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard it, I'm like, well, at least it's happening in Vegas. That's pretty cool. And, um, you know, it gives everybody a chance to get along. The show's a little earlier uh, for the 
older people, let's say, if you're over 21, <laughs> it's Vegas. You're going to have plenty of things to do after the show. You're going to have a heck of a day, a heck of a weekend if you're physically there and you've got Sunday to recover. And for everyone around the world watching, you're going to have that Sunday to recover if you decide to, to make a night out of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. And just like you mentioned, the idea of fighting on in Vegas on a Saturday night when I've seen so many big fights in Vegas on Saturday nights throughout history is really cool that WWE is doing that now and I'm part of it. All right, that was WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. Again, one of our all-time favorites. Jihei actually was on the field at SoFi when they put a ring in the center there and got to talk with a lot of these superstars. So again, we're, we're, we're going to be all throughout that week leading you into the, the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony, WWE WrestleMania, SoFi, all that fun stuff. We are going to be there that entire week. Can't wait for you guys to kind of check out what we have in store. Um, I can't wait to be there. Well, gee, we got to figure out a way for you to be involved. I mean, they, absolutely. Yeah, Stephanie McMahon, remember? She, I know. She wanted me to uh, to try out. I, mi I missed my opportunity. But I'll, it's uh, not next, too late, next, next year. Next There's going to be a tryout, so it's not too late. All right. <laughs> Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, a very special announcement the newest member of the sporting tribune you're gonna have to stay tuned to see who that is when we come back on the mightier 1090 in southern california the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. I've been waiting for this one for a while. Gee, I've been teasing this big announcement. Newest member of the Sporting Tribune. Tribune. Russell Morgan. Russell, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty excited to be part of the team. Thanks for having me, Ross. Russell, you've done such an amazing job connecting with the fan base. Uh, I'm very excited about this uh, Kings team. Just in general, again, you know, uh, like if fans, again, there's a lot of focus on the, the, the Rams and the Chargers and USC and UCLA. It's a crowded sports scene here. For mm -hmm. folks just, you know, they, they haven't really gone into hockey this season. Why should people be kind of pumped up about this Kings team? They're an exciting young team to watch. And I think uh, for the last few years or so, maybe prior to the pandemic going on, the Kings were one of the bottom dwellers uh, in the NHL. 
But now that they've turned, they've kind of turned the ship around and gone through a whole rebuild, they're turning into a contender and they got some, they made some real big moves, bringing in some new pieces last year, like Phil Deneau, Victor Arvidsson, and, and this past offseason, bringing in a big name, uh, uh, scoring winger in Kevin Fiala. And he's been a highlight reel almost every night, uh, with, the, with some of the plays that he's making. So they're an exciting team. And with the way some of the other pro sports teams are going on in Los <laughs> Angeles with, the Lakers, the, the Chargers. I mean, it, I mean, I think the King, the people in LA should maybe be paying attention to the Kings a little bit more. What would be a successful season? Again, I mean, like I keep telling people, I mean, hockey is this amazing sport where, you know, you can just get hot late. You could not be a playoff team. You could just sneak into the playoffs as the last seed and you can go in a heck of a run. But realistically speaking, what is a successful season for this Kings team? It, it's it's tough, Arash, because last season the King the Kings made the playoffs. They they were a ninety nine point team, which is really good in the NHL, and that was maybe they were playing a little bit above the expectations. Uh, they went through a lot of injuries and still found a way to make the playoffs and take the Edmonton Oilers to seven games, which not a lot of people expected them to do so. So coming into this season, expectations were was a big word that was uh, kind of. Uh, surrounded all through training camp and now uh fans are really kind of hoping that this team will go back to the playoffs maybe make a little bit more noise uh i guess maybe we should be tempered with those expectations a little bit i think the kings were a little bit ahead of their their development curve in terms of turning into a contender but i wouldn't be surprised if this team did make a little bit more uh of a run in the Stanley cup uh, playoffs and and i think they should so I, i would say just to answer your question i think uh at least making the playoffs would be a successful season for the Kings. But I'd like to see them go a little bit further and maybe win a a round or two and um, take the next step. You're talking about expectations, and I'm really wondering right now, expectations in the West, um, how how high are they for... Uh, for this Kings team, like uh, I, I know, you said that maybe we'll they'll even go even further, especially with the kids, the new kids that you guys have. What are your expectations of going on beyond the West? Do you want to win? I mean, everybody wants to win the West, but do you think that they'll <laughs> win? That they will win the West, um, or even beyond that? Uh, it's it's that's hard to say because you look you look up and down the Western Conference. Um, I guess more specifically in their own division, the Pacific Division. You have some really good teams, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are looking really strong. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have the best player in the world in Connor McDavid, who's playing amazing hockey right now. He's going to be setting records. And then you have the Calgary Flames that a lot of people picked to make the playoffs after they had like a little bit of a retool over the summer. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of competitions there, and, and that's not even mentioning some of the good teams in the Central Division. Um, that are part of the that's part of the Western Conference as well, like the Stanley Cup winning uh, Colorado Avalanche. You have um, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are playing really well, so it's it's tough. Um, but the thing with the NHL is like like Ross mentioned earlier, is just if you get hot at the right time, especially toward the end of the year, you you can make a lot more noise in the playoffs and, and kind of take that momentum uh, all throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, much like the Kings did in 2012. Um, they were they made the playoffs as an eighth seed and. And we all know how that ended. It ended in a Stanley Cup, or the first ever for the franchise. So, yeah, if you get hot at the right time, anything could happen. So you t- you teased it, you touched on it. I think there will be a lot of focus on the Kings because, my goodness, Russell, uh, this Lakers team is even worse than I think we even thought. <laughs> I mean, two and nine. I mean, again, 
I did think it could be worse than last year because they were 12-12 and 12 to begin that season. I, I don't know what they'll be through the first 24. It probably will not be 12-12. 12 and 12. Listen, people may not know this. You know a lot about Los Angeles sports. Your thoughts on this team? Oh, the Lakers are a dumpster fire. That's <laughs> all I'll say. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's baffling how this team has been constructed over the last year and a half. And, and it's, it's awesome that they won a championship uh, bringing in LeBron and Anthony Davis in the bubble year. But, my God, I mean, to not be able to find some shooters to surround those players with, is, it's just it's a mistake by Rob Palenka. I mean, uh, he, shouldn't, he should be deserving a lot more criticism than I guess what he's getting. And they're, they're two and nine. They should be one and ten. Exactly. <laughs> The Indianapolis Colts quarterback just decided Matt Ryan decided to show up and hit a game-winning three or a game-tying three. I mean, it's terrible watching. I, 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 I'm a big Lakers guy, and and um, yeah, I mean, going back, I grew, grew, we all grew up on Kobe and Shaq, and you, 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 you grow up with that Mamba mentality, and and you're not really seeing that from this Lakers team, and especially last year, it's just almost like they didn't. It looked like they didn't care, and and even this year, it's like some sometimes the the body language from some of the players on the court it's like man like come on show a little bit more energy you're i mean you have, you have players getting paid like 30 40 million dollars a year and it's just not showing on the court whatsoever so i, I don't know if there's any chance of salvaging this season I don't, I don't think that's a possibility but you have to try to bet your best to try to set up your uh your team for success in the future maybe even look toward possibly tanking and getting that uh prize possession that everyone's talking about and when banyama I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but yeah, it seems like he's a unicorn coming out of the draft this next uh, but Russell, draft year. The problem is, I mean, they really mortgaged the future, and something that no one really talked about was these pick swaps. So let's just season. Yeah. Let's just say that they have this season from hell. They get the number one pick. I, I promise you that the Pelicans are going to do a pick swap with the Lakers. So right, they are yeah. they are really in such a tough position over the next ten years. When you just look at where their their picks are tied up. Um, and I still can't believe they won a championship. And we, we keep talking about this, but I, I, I do it because it's surreal. They took a sledgehammer to a championship team in terms of trading Kuzma, trading KCP, allowing Caruso to walk. Um, I, I don't know how they're, they're here, and they're even worse than I thought. Darmani Buckets, you said they would be worse than last season. Why did you say that? Because of the roster, I mean, you look at the construction of the roster. They didn't have money going into the offseason, but the, the guys that they surrounded LeBron with, as you mentioned, Russell, no shooters. The defense was supposed to come from guys like Pat Bev and AD. AD's been better defensively than he was last year, but Pat Bev has been non-existent. I, I just don't see a recipe for them to turn this season around, um, which which leads me to my question to you, Russell. If they don't, we've already heard the, the rumblings about Anthony Davis, LeBron, who cannot be traded this year. Uh, it would have to be in the offseason. But what would you do if you were in Rob Palenka's shoes? Because it doesn't seem like there really is a clear path to the Lakers contending again. Yeah, I think Anthony Davis seems like the biggest trade piece that the team or that the Lakers have right now, and you have to try to get whatever you can. I mean, he's still. I mean, let let's be honest. Anthony Davis, when he's in his game, he's still probably a top twenty player in the NBA. Um, I guess his mid range game doesn't really have that much success in today's NBA game, but. I mean, he's still a really valuable piece that you can get a lot of good assets for. So 
that's that's a player I definitely look to trade. Uh, maybe even try, I mean Russell Westbrook's having a pretty good start to the year, so maybe even try to see what you could get out of him. I mean, it, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow. Maybe trying to eat up some of that money, or or I don't know, trying to attach some something to him to make that trade a little bit more enticing for another team. But yeah, I mean, those are the two players I'd look to trade, and maybe just try to I don't know, just gain a little bit more, keep the fans coming for to, to, to watch LeBron, I guess. But yeah, it, you have to think about the future right now for the Lakers. Isn't that crazy, though? The first thing that you said, and I completely agree with it, I think Anthony Davis is still a top 20 player. Just two years ago, we were talking about him versus Giannis. Like, in the bubble? I mean, he was top five. Like, in media day, he looked at me and he said, why do people want me to play like something I'm not? I'm like, gee, I wonder why. But, like, two years ago, you were the top (laughs) five player of the league. Like, three-pointers, buzzer beaters, big Time playoff moments, yeah. Western Conference Finals, that shot NBA against Finals. The Nuggets, bro. There, there was a moment mm-hmm. during the finals where they're like, if the Lakers win in five or six, he's the Finals yeah. MVP. And now we've gone to this where like maybe he's top twenty, which is um, no, I agree, Russell. But it's just crazy the 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 fall of of AD. Yeah, you, no. I mean you have some you have so many people. I mean I love watching uh, inside the NBA on TNT. I think Shaq, Charles Barkley, and all of them do an excellent job. And Shaq has always been so critical about Anthony Davis, about how he wants him to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more aggressive. And you just haven't really seen that since the bubble. And I don't yeah. know if maybe in, in their head, they kind of mortgaged the future thinking like, oh, we got a ring. Everything was really kind of put importance on winning a championship. They got that. And now it's like, now we don't need to do anything else. But I mean, that's not the thing. I mean, LA is a city of champions. There's going to be expectations for you to win every time. And maybe a little bit of the emphasis and importance comes from that fans weren't really able to kind of grasp that championship by getting the parade, getting the, yeah. the stage, have have uh, Shaq come on and say uh, back-to-back and, or whatever. And, and I don't know, having any any kind of celebration from that, especially when you look at the Dodgers, too, at that time. and. So fans were really able to kind of celebrate those championships. So they're still looking for more. And, and that's just not happening right now. And you have to look toward the future. Yeah, no. I mean, I think it's on the masthead when you say when you enter L.A. City of Champions. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. And by the way, like it's true now, right? You got <laughs> yeah. the Lakers, you got the Dodgers, you got the Rams, Los Angeles Football Club. I mean, like, but 100 percent, like because we didn't get that parade. We didn't get that moment that that like even the home fans, we knew the opposing fans would say, oh, that's not a real championship. This that. <laughs> but even Lakers fans, even Dodgers fans, when you look at what's happened are like, that doesn't feel real because they didn't get that 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 celebration they didn't get that parade yeah yeah no uh, well i want to talk about the other team the other basketball team in la because i know this is the rosh marikazi show and we only talk lakers but oh, come on, my clippers, clippers i'm like yeah because we play because you guys play <laughs> the clippers. Um, i want to i want to talk talking about the future i mean this is a clippers team that obviously everybody was super excited to even just to watch just entertainment wise right because you had the possibility of Kawhi coming back yeah. now with Kawhi no longer on that floor or even playing you know the limited minutes that he was playing initially in the beginning of the season um paul george has had to step up so much and even by the more. way he has no absolutely i mean i can't i can't call him half t- what what was his old nickname half half court p or whatever or well i mean it was ch- playoff, playoff p, p. It, was like a, it was like a joke of a yeah know. of a nickname but like now we can actually we can kind of call him that I, i'll give him his yeah. I'll, I'll give him his uh his respect on that but um i wanted to talk about the clippers and just the transition that they've kind of made over. They're not great right now. Obviously, they're seventh in the West. Um, but 
they're not they're not the Lakers. So I'm just wondering yeah. where, where do you where do you see this team? Um, you know, you see the Kings obviously as a, a possible championship team, as opposed to the Clippers, where I don't see them winning a well, title. Well, hold up, I mean, the Clippers have this like again. We don't know when Kawhi will be Kawhi, but Kawhi is he's not done. Yeah, but he's they're not being very cautious. They're they're being very, very cautious. I mean, listen, but the, the fact that they're the seven seed without Kawhi again, he's only played in two games, twenty minutes off the bench in both games. To uh, I'll kind of piggyback off your question. I mean, could the Clippers still, with all their struggles, if Kawhi comes back, can they be perhaps a championship team? Yeah, I think you just kind of look at the NBA right now. I mean. If you can just make the playoff playing game, kind of really anything could happen, especially if you're able to get a healthy Kawhi towards the playoffs. I mean, just make the playoffs and kind of see what you can do from there. I mean, I look at the top of the standings right now in the NBA, and the Utah Jazz are in the first place. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, is that going to be sustainable? Probably not. So you're probably looking at maybe even the Suns, the Nuggets getting there. But, yeah, I think the Western Conference right now is kind of a wide-open race. A lot of the better teams, I think, are in the Eastern Conference. So. Yeah. For the, for the for the Clippers, I think you just need to make a playoff and just kind of hope that you get a healthy Kawhi, you get a playoff P coming back, and then you get um, some good uh, performances because they have a really good team to all, up and down the lineup. You have Norman Powell there. You have so a lot of good depth pieces there that can contribute. So it's just about making the playoffs and try to make some noise when you get there for the Clippers. Yeah, with the Clippers, I, I I get the the hesitation to commit to like, oh, this is the year. But I mean, they it was doom and gloom early on, and now they've bounced back. I, I just don't understand Jihei specifically. I, I get it. You're a Clipper fan. You want to hesitate. Jihei's always doom and gloom. Like the best yeah. bet I, I had with Jihei, I said they're going to the conference finals this year. And Jihei, a Clippers fan, said, no way, we're not going there. So... Listen, Jihei, we can make that wager one more time. Paul, no, I'm not doing it this year. I'm not doing it this year. I, I can. Here's the thing with Paul George. I think that I can see them making it to the Western Conference Finals. I just can't see them winning a title. That, yeah. That's all. That's it. No, I, I totally agree there. I, I will not, I can't even wrap my head around the Clippers <laughs> being, winning an NBA, NBA championship. championship. <laughs> Listen, because I've covered the team for way too long. I've covered the team for long enough where they've been up 3-1 against Houston, 3-1 against the Nuggets, had really been on the cusp of these big moments, and they've only been a one, in the franchise history, by the way, one conference final. So I can't wrap my head around them being in the finals. I can't wrap my head around Steve Ballmer losing his mind <laughs> holding the championship trophy. But yeah. Yeah. I, I just think if Paul George is going to play at this level, first of all, the pressure then goes off of Kawhi because then Kawhi can slide in and be the number two guy instead of being the number one guy. But I, I just, I get it. I get the, the hesitation. I just think that they're fine right now. Just the Western Conference is is shaky. Did you Paul have George have a moment? Because, again, you were – I don't want to say you were wrong on Paul George, but I think we both saw, thought that he came into this season yes. comfortable with being the number two guy. He quickly realized he probably has to be the one because we don't – we really don't know when Kawhi will come back. And when Kawhi does come back, what kind of Kawhi will we get? Will we get pre-hurt you know, hurt Kawhi? Pro- probably not. Yeah. He got hurt a year and a half ago. And he's not back. Yeah, I think 
I definitely was wrong about Paul George because early in the season, it looked like he was in coast mode. Early in the season was like five games in or four games in. But then, yeah, he heard whatever kind of noise he needed to hear. And he's playing like a legitimate MVP level player right now. So um, shout out to Paul George. Russell, I wanted to ask you moving into the NFL um, in terms of the AFC playoff picture, you have the Chiefs struggled this week against the Titans, but they came out with the win. The Bills lost uh, to the Jets. What are your thoughts on the top of the AFC, and who do you think should be considered the favorite? I think the Chiefs, uh, they, Patrick Mahomes is playing at a ridiculous level of football. Um, generational player, and and. I, I fully envision them making or being the one seed coming to the end of the season. I mean, right now with the way uh, this news about Josh Allen's arm injury, I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding him. I mean, for, I've heard rumors about possibly needing surgery. I mean, I know McDermott came out the other day saying it's going to be day to day for him. So who knows how long he'll be out? But that, that'll be huge for them if if they're not able to take the one seed from the Chiefs because going into Kansas City uh, for that AFC Championship game, we saw how that ended last year. Um, or, or a couple years ago, and it, it, it's tough so, so, to win in that environment. So uh, I've, I've fully envisioned the Chiefs being there. I mean, I'm a big Chargers guy, so it hurts me uh, to say that, but <laughs> it, it looks like it's the Chiefs' uh, uh, conference to take right now. Um, I wanted to go back to hockey. There's a lot of players getting penalized right now in the form of suspensions for multiple games for illegal boarding. Um, And I get it. Safety is an issue, and I understand that. But hockey is one of, outside of football, hockey is one of the most aggressively physical games in pro sports, in my personal opinion. And I played basketball um, growing up. So for me, hockey is is the pinnacle of, like, physicality. are, are these are players talking about how this is ridiculous? This is how I grew up. Um, are they kind of embracing this now? Because I mean, there's a lot of a lot of these kids are getting penalized for stuff that I think is just normal. Uh, I, uh, it's just tough because part of me, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I grew up on '90s hockey and, and <laughs> yeah, uh, all, the, all, the, <laughs> all, all those fisticuffs and, and all the whatnot. I mean, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, the fans love it, but you also don't want to lose. Some of these superstar athletes to injury, so I I, I kind of understand the get that a little bit. I mean, just just the, the other game, uh, the other night against uh, for the Kings against the Wild, yeah. uh, Drew Doughty, Kings defenseman, uh, was playing some really good defense against Kirill Kaprizov for the Minnesota Wild, who's a, a really strong star forward for them. And Kaprizov turned around and whacked Doughty in the in the head near the face, and he got a game misconduct for it. So, I mean, at that time, I didn't think it was a, a, a match penalty uh, for him to get kicked out of the game for it. But, hey, you, you want to be protecting some of these star athletes that the, the game has. Cause, I mean, let's face it, the NHL has always been the backseat to some of these other leagues like the NFL, the NBA. So when you have young stars that are out of the lineup, that, that loses a lot of the of viewership that some of these uh, games would get. So if you're protecting the players, I get it. But I don't want it to be at the cost of, of some of these uh, big hits, or uh, maybe even losing fighting in the NHL, because that's always going to be a main staple for the league. I think I think that's something they should keep around. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Russell. So pumped to have you part of the team. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.